Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. Always great to have you with us. We've got an outstanding show in store for you. Uh, coming up later in the show, one of the great things that Culver's is doing right now, we all know Culver's, right? Great burgers. But they've got a great program now where they can go out and thank a farmer, which I just absolutely love. So you're going to hear from a special guest who has been associated with Future Farmers of America and talk about what we can do to go out and say thank you to our incredible ag producers. Also, as we know, we're getting closer here to election day. So there's obviously candidates that are going to be on the ballot, but here in North Dakota, there's going to be a couple measures as well. There was three measures, and then uh, the North Dakota Supreme Court said, hey, measure three, you cannot be on the ballot this fall. So there's now two measures, one in regards to constitutional um, initiatives, if you will, very, very important. So there could be a potential change in how that happens in North Dakota. And there's also one about uh, the Board of Higher Ed. Is that going to be expanded after November or not? So recently I sat down with uh, North Dakota State Representative Scott Lauser. He's out of Minot, and we talked about the different measures. What can we anticipate for the budget situation here in the great state of North Dakota? Representative Lauser, welcome back to Point of View. It's always great to have you. I want to have you on and talk about some of the, the measures that people can vote on in November. There were three uh, now there's two that are going to be on the ballot. So why don't you start with what happened with measure three, why that's off, and then let's move into uh, measure two, please. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on again, Chris. It's always a pleasure. Uh, measure three was a measure that was initiated by the citizens of North Dakota with some help, a lot of help from out of state. And there was a technicality that the Supreme Court found uh, that disqualified it from the, from the ballot. And so uh, late in August, the Supreme Court ruled 5-0 that Measure 3 should not be on the ballot uh, for the 2020 election. So we're down to two measures. Got it. And then so Measure 2, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I've probably been following this as well as, as some people have, but there's one about the constitutional amendments to be approved by the legislature. So is that going to be Measure 2 on the ballot? And if so, what is this thing doing? Yeah, it looks like uh, what is going to be referred to as measure two, it, it hasn't officially been named that yet by the Secretary of State. But what that measure does is it would ask the citizens that if there is a constitutional measure that is passed, that's initiated and passed by the citizens, that that measure go to the legislature immediately in the next session. I should back up. It requires all constitutional amendments to be on the general election, which would be in November. And then immediately following, if it passed, would go to the legislature and the House and the Senate would hold hearings so that those that, that feel our Constitution should be changed would have a required forum to convince us and convince North Dakota why we need that in our Constitution. If the legislature and the House and the Senate pass it by a simple majority, it goes into the Constitution. If one or two of the chambers fail to pass it, then it immediately goes back on the ballot at the next general election. There's some confusion here because the legislature has no authority to change that language. So it comes as it was on the ballot, and then the legislature would vote yes or no. And if uh, one or two of the chambers votes no, it goes back on the ballot for a second vote. So why are you doing that? I mean, you know, in the past, obviously, it's just been, hey, we put it out to the people. If the people say yay, it becomes a constitutional amendment. Why, why do you want to see the change? Well, we've had we've had a little bit of a history here in North Dakota of some out-of-state interests coming in to change our Constitution. We're not talking about changing the century code. We're talking about changing the Constitution and getting 30,000 signatures by paid signature gatherers 
and never once having to get in front of the citizens and explain why this changed. Measure three had near had well over a thousand words in that amendment. And people recognize that as the military overseas ballot access. That was less than 5% of the language. So with a 50% plus one vote from the citizens after likely a million dollar campaign, it goes into our constitution and nobody ever has to defend why they put that on the ballot in the first place. This measure, although not perfect, would require a forum in the House and yet another one in the Senate for the supporters and the opposition to state their case. Yeah, for me personally, I mean, I like the fact if it's going to be a constitutional amendment, there's sort of another check and balance, if you will, um, to have in place. So I will share with you this. Senator Tim Mathern out of Fargo said, hey, he does not like this measure. He says there's no reason to be impeding the, 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 the people's rights. What's your reaction to him? Uh, I think we're enhancing the people's rights. And I think that that giving the opportunity to have some kind of structure and forum gives the people of North Dakota the opportunity to hear the rationale that they're not getting right now. Uh, since 2012, the legislature has put more measures on the ballot to amend the Constitution for the voters than the citizens have. And three of the last five citizen-initiated measures to amend the Constitution were fully funded by out-of-state special interest groups. That's a very, very valid and interesting point. All right, there's another uh, measure that's going to be on the ballot as well. That has to do with the North Dakota Board of Higher Education. This is such a monster of a conversation in the state because we spend so much of our money on higher ed. And yet sometimes I think it's debatable on what kind of results are we getting or ROI are we getting on that? So walk us through this uh, Board of Higher Ed measure that's going to be on the ballot. Yeah, this one I was less involved with than I was the other one. The other one actually started really rolling in 2017. And both of these measures were passed by the legislature, put on the ballot in April of 2019, both of these. Uh, this one, there was discussion to potentially have two state boards of higher ed, one for UND and NDSU, and another for all the other institutions, the other nine public institutions. Uh, conversations actually grew to maybe having three boards. And ultimately what the legislature looked at and decided upon was to take the current board, expand it from, uh, from eight to 15 members, and then stagger terms and spread out some of their service. Because we, we had, that, that's a lot of, of work for a board of eight people to, to try to oversee all of our, you know, all of our statewide institutions. And so that's what's going on the ballot, which will likely be referred to as measure one. It's expanding the state board of higher ed so that we don't put so much burden on the limited members that are there now. Yeah, I'm still sort of debating in my head on that one, which way I'm going to go. But just for clarity for the people of North Dakota, that if I'm a, a, on the board of higher ed, I'm basically donating my time, correct? That's not a paid position. Right. Yeah, that's, and that's a lot of when, they, when they're working on a portfolio, uh, there is a lot that goes into that job. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that like to, to apply to be able to serve at that level. I don't think the number uh, increase is going to hamper that at all. But as with is uh, a lot of statewide boards, that, that is a lot of work. And uh, it's just hard for them to keep up. And we're hoping we're, ho we're hoping this is a better option. And, and that's kind of my point, Scott, is, the, is look, I, I'm a small government guy, but if we're going to have a board and you're talking about a, it's really a, a billion dollar industry in North Dakota. I mean, we drop a billion dollars every biennium on higher ed here. And yet we're asking people to, to quote unquote, 
donate their time to make decisions about it. Like it just, it doesn't add up to me. I'd much rather see these guys get paid and go and hunker down and start making some really, really powerful decisions, especially in the light of the fact that you and I both know, I mean, higher ed is going to change so dramatically in the next five to 10 years that I don't think it's going to look nearly what it looks like today. And yet we're asking these quote unquote volunteers to go and, and make that transition. It, it, it doesn't add up for me. What am I missing? Or do you agree with kind of what I'm saying? Well, when you say the next few years, look what's happened in the last six months. Yeah. You know, who, who could have guessed this? And, and it, college and university life is drastically different than it was last spring. <laughs> I mean, to say it that way, look what you and I are doing. I'm sitting in my office with a green screen behind me. You're at home and you would think, hey, these guys are doing a little studio interview at this point. So it's I think tech is moving so fast that my point is people can be anywhere these days and get this you know, education, in my opinion. It may not be the exact same as being on campus, but um, do you think or is there any conversation or consideration about paying a board of higher ed members? Well, that, that isn't part of this discussion. Uh, I, I, I couldn't say because I don't serve on the education committee. I haven't served on any of those interim committees where these discussions happen. Uh, on the prior measure, that's kind of in my wheelhouse and my service. Yeah. Uh, this one, I'm probably not the best to ask about those discussions. I, I, I wish I could answer better. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I know being a legend, I don't put you on the spot there, but maybe if we take some of the money we're spending on, you know, buildings and whatnot on campuses and focus on personnel that might make an impact is is there really a big need to make a big capital investment on campuses right now i i don't think there is so um anything else as far as the budget man that you want to talk about quickly as you look out into the future in this upcoming session with oil prices have been down i don't see demand going back up anytime really really soon just your thoughts on what we can expect from the budget in this next session well, the budget section is going to meet next week again uh, for this month, and the outlook is is a little bit negative. Um, it's it's not going to be an easy session. Likely, we're going to have to see some cuts in areas. Um, you know, that's why we're elected is to make those tough decisions every two years. And I, I can't say that this is a session that everybody is anxious to get into. We're anxious to do our jobs, but uh, we're going to have some budget issues for sure. Representative Scott Lauder, last comment. I just want you to know, I think you might have the greatest bobblehead collection on the planet. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking for five more individuals, but I'm not going to say who they are. Uh, I was just, I see that in the screen. I'm like, oh man, I love that. That is fantastic. So thank you for the time. It's always great to have you on. We look forward to having you back. Okay. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks a bunch. Representative Scott Lauser there. Obviously, some great insight from him out of the wonderful, the magic city of Minot, I guess I should say. And stick around. we got a lot more coming up here on Point of View. As always, love to know your point of view. We heard there from Representative Lauser. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.